0: taste of revival. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. Who can say amen to that? Uh, Last Sunday, wow, let's try and give a little brief summary to what happened last Sunday because a lot of churches are not allowing, um, you know, the Spirit to move uh, anymore. And so, you know, because fraught with stuff, we had some stuff that broke out maybe Friday night, but was it was good. People just like to get drunk in the Spirit and Didn't the Bible says in Acts? Didn't the Bible say in Acts? And it does say in Acts that uh, these are not drunk as you suppose. And, uh, sometimes these, uh, manifestations, they can become a distraction, especially if they're not akin to the spirit, but sometimes more akin to the, maybe the flesh, uh, breaking out. And that's unfortunate, but you can't toss the baby out with the bathwater. Help me. Is that right? You know, we don't shut the whole thing down and say, well, let's just do theological uh, nice, sensible. Uh, let's just keep it nice and safe because, you know, there's some people who live their life safe, but they've never even traveled out of their own suburb. They've never even been in the state. They've never even been overseas. They've never done anything outside the box. You can live too safe and miss out on the adventure of life. Who can say amen to that? Ah, oh, Man, when I was a teenager, when I was a young kid, man, I was running the gauntlet doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I remember being on a cliff. We had this... Um, we went through this little phase, Andrew, of uh, after we'd surfed and come home, and we were looking for more to do. We lived at Illawong on the river, the Georges River, Warranora River. We lived in Illawong. A pa- little patty was just down the road. We thought that was fantastic, and uh, we didn't know who she was, but we knew she was famous. But we used to go down the back of this very nice uh, area, ha- it was like a fibro house where our mates used to live. I had friends that worked for Qantas, uh, ground engineers, mechanics, and they only did the job to get cheap airfares. You know what I'm saying? They're very smart guys, some of my mates. And, um, and they traveled everywhere, all throughout the world. Man, they had the best holidays. I just gave up. They were trekking across the Himalayas. They were, you know, surfing in Peru. And at 17 and 18, come on, guys, this is fantastic. And I used to live with these guys and um, we lived at illawong and we had this uh, cliff edge down to the river and somehow we developed this habit of going down to the river and straddling up the side of these cliffs as high as that wall there that that wall you see there we would literally climb up uh, these sheer cliffs uh, bare, you know with no ropes hang on no no the rope this wasn't in the rope days where you would you know had yeah, safety and stuff. But then I remember straddling. I nearly had gotten to the top. I had one arm here and one arm there, and I had my legs spread out like that. There must have been a point there where I could stand and a point there where I could get a foothold. But I found myself just stretched to the max with nowhere to go. I could not put this foot anywhere, and I, I, I could see I could put that foot nowhere. And I was literally just over the top of this embankment. And literally, when you're a kid, you don't realize how high you are. But when you look back at it, when you're my age, you go, my God, are you are crazy? And, um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, I'm in a predicament, but I'm bulletproof. If I fall, I've, I've watched the Rambo movie. If I begin to fall, I will turn myself very quickly and fling myself and and I will glide to the tree below me and hang onto the tree and I'll fall through a couple of limbs but I'm pretty good. I'll be able to wrestle that tree and finally grip the tree. And it's all cool. This is how you think as a kid. It's brilliant. That's why we've got to get kids saved, because they'll do anything. They will go out in street corners. They will do fantastic stuff for the kingdom. When we're all safe, uh, when we get older, we just think about our safety, think about our kids, think about our finances, think about everything. We think and we don't move. When you're a kid, it's wonderful. I love it. And so I was straddled like this and all I could do, I I was there for about five minutes, no friends. I'd happened to have gone down by myself and and, uh, I had no friends around and uh, otherwise I might have been able to get a help. But eventually I just had to use every bit of strength in my body and just claw my way up. Eventually, like a suck to the rocks, Uh, like a suction cap, but I had to just move ever so carefully, losing my foothold of my feet as I began to now place more emphasis on my hands and digging in like this, clawing up. Now I am in trouble because I got no foothold. And then eventually just beginning to worm my way with every little bit of ounce of strength I could muster up and then eventually I realized I'd gotten to a point where I was safe and I'd gotten myself over. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the adventure of life. And, and I, I think for me, the adventure of the Christian life is about this knowing the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is about the Holy Spirit, who for me is very personable. He is the third, third person of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is, is a person. But hang on, you, when you got saved, you receive a deposit of the Holy Spirit, which really is like a pilot light until you ask for more. And then you can actually be consumed and possessed by the Holy Spirit, depending how much you move over Rover, and let the Holy Spirit take over. So you, you, you got the Holy Spirit when you were saved. You received the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit can be just like a pilot light. Until you turn up the burners like you do on your barbecue. Don't you love that sound? You turn it all off and start again because you just love that sound. And, and, and that's what happens in a revival meeting. Your prayer life. Your, your, your faith in God, your calling in God, your, your destiny in God. Can, and you've got these burners happening in your heart, cooking, cooking for Jesus. Amen. Come on. Let me just provoke you with some of the statements, and it's not a long sermon. Yeah, I'm going to do this quite nicely. Uh, Let's provoke you with some of these statements. If you've got a pen, you can jot them down. I hope you've got a Bible. Let me read something to you that goes like this. The most effective evangelism is not outreach, but overflow. Out of the overflow of the heart, amen? So it's out of the overflow that a lot of people get blessed. When we walk through life, a lot of people are really not You know, uh, the effectiveness is not you you giving your spool on on doctrinal salvation, but it's really about the overflow. This is where people get saved. Out of the overflow of your heart, people are blessed. Out of the overflow of this church, this community is going to be blessed. What about this statement? Be prepared for resistance, criticism, opposition, and the cost. Jonathan Edwards said, he's a famous revivalist, preacher revivalist, there never yet was any great manifestation that God made of himself to the world without many difficulties attending it. We had a little few niggles on during the weekend, but I think it was all worth it. I think it was absolutely worth letting the Holy Spirit have his way in the meetings last week, and so praise God. Now, getting equipped for the adventure. You might want to write that down, getting equipped. And Ephesians 4.11 says, if we can have that scripture. The, the, when we let the Holy Spirit loose, and when the Holy Spirit is loose through the, through the five-fold ministry, the apostle, the prophet... The evangelist, the teacher, the pastor, those fivefold offices actually are offices of governmental strength and authority that can impart to you the life of God. Let's have a look at this. Ephesians 4.11 says, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists. And some to be pastors and teachers, verse 12, to prepare, your NIV says prepare, but I want to say to you, equip, say equip, God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Your NIV says built up, but can I say to you, edify, New King James says, to edify you. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there's an equipping dimension there and there's an edifying. Your spirit needs to be edified. One of the great things to get your spirit, um, I guess, operational and, and figuring in your life is to speak in tongues, to pray. Then to speak in tongues, to incline... You can get a breakthrough in speaking in tongues. 10, 15 minutes, and then your spirit is allowed out of the box. And then your soul takes its rightful place, and then your spirit has a say in your life. Let's look at the impartation of the spirit, and don't underestimate what God can do in a revival meeting. People, when they responded to the altar on this altar, and throughout the whole place because the chairs went that way, and the whole place was out to it under the anointing. Wasn't it wasn't it fantastic to see the whole place lining up to receive the impartation of the anointing, to, to receive their equipping, but to receive something fresh of the anointing through the laying on of hands, through the laying on of hands, through an anointed vessel, of an anointed vehicle that can impart say impart to get equipped requires this in the impartation one understanding for the mind two inspiration for the heart some of some people and i believe a whole bunch of people got some of this stuff understanding for the mind ah now i understand Two, inspiration for the heart. Oh, now I want to go to church. Now I want to read the Bible. Now I want to pray. Now I want to do for God. Amen. Three, skill for the actions. Some people will have skill uncovered in their life. Abilities and skills that lay dormant in in a person's life. But when the anointing comes upon you, guess what? That skill begins to raise It's like the axe head, the axe head that, who was it, someone lost Then Elisha, Elisha I think it was, threw the little twig in the water and the axe head floated to the surface. The cutting edge floated to the surface. Some people's cutting edge of their ministry, of their giftedness, of their calling floated to the surface in the anointing, in the revival meeting last week. Who can say amen to that? Did someone get that last week? Do you feel like, geez... I'm open for business. I'm I'm ready to do something for God. I've got my cutting edge back. The fourth one, impartation for the Spirit. Impartation of the Spirit. So what you'll find as a summary of what happens in a revival meeting is this. In revived churches where there is an environment of vision and the Spirit, so that's what happens. We create an environment where God's Spirit is robust, ready to effectively equip and impart the goodness of God unto the people of God. So hear this. In revived churches where there is an environment of vision and spirit, the equipping begins. The equipping of the prayer, caregiving, evangelism, kingdom ministry, spiritual gifts, and hope are caught as much as taught. They're caught as much as taught. Julie and I caught most of the stuff that we're operating in now rather than it being taught because when I went to Bible college and they said, what do you want to do after that one year Bible college? I said, I want to go back to work because you've given me nothing I can work with. Although I know more about the family album called The Bible, I still don't have any tools and blokes are big on tools, who knows that? I've got more power tools than... I I had an obsession about power tools, I just needed that. I need one of those. I say to Drill, I need it. I need it. Are you sure you need it? I need it. I need it. I need it. 12 volt Makita drill. And for this particular job, there is nothing that will do the job except this drill that happens to be on a special in the Bunnings magazine. But geez, we could. Yeah, but we need it. Okay, if we need it, we'll get it. And so that's what happens in our own life, I think. God God says, if you need it, I'll get it to you, amen? We caught it. We catch it. Caught as much as taught. As we observe people doing and being this stuff, as we observe and see them being this stuff, we get it. Further, as we participate ourselves, we learn that someone wrote this, I heard, get this, this is a say, I heard and I forgot it. I saw and I remembered. I did and I understood. I heard and I forgot it. I saw and I remembered. I did and I understood. Getting equipped is about catching sometimes something of a dimension of an anointing that allows you to be equipped to be able to flow and to do what God's called you to do. Getting equipped is exposing ourselves to something more than we have experienced and expanding our knowledge in the crucible of the Word and the Spirit, especially through the fivefold ministry, which I would presume to say that Chris Harvey functions in the prophetic, in the prophetic office. And I think he proved himself in that area. And so as you... Allow yourself to come under that. There's an impartation of something of God that you need and that I need. Amen. This environment lends itself to renewal and revival of destinies and callings and the purposes of God in a most dramatic way. And so why we allow, why we allow a revival meeting to happen is for this, to be reacquainted to your calling to your ministry, to God's purposes in your life, and when you come in contact with the ministry, especially the fivefold office ministries, when you come into contact with that, it shunts you, it propels you, it stirs you. Who likes being stirred up? <laughs> Who likes being stirred up in the Holy Ghost? The Bible says stir yourself up in your most holy faith. A lot of the onus is on you. You know, we try and do our best here, have great meetings and preach and that. But a lot of it is to do with you going home and stirring yourself up through all the great disciplines you can muster up. As we enter an environment where the Spirit is free to move and where the Bible is taught with good worship beforehand and prayer ministry following, we will often receive an impartation or an imprint of the Spirit. An impartation of the Spirit is where the Spirit bestows a share of His presence and power to a group or an individual to share in His ministry. And Paul said this in Romans. Romans 1 verse 11. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. I long to see you C3 Tugra to impart to you something that will make you strong. And that's why we got Chris Harvey here. We are encouraged, we are on a mission to impart to you something that will make you strong on the inside for God. Amen? Not loose, not carefree, not just anyone's business. I mean, no, but you're determined with vision. You're determined in your ministry and who you are to subscribe to the call of God, to subscribe to the mission of God, to subscribe to the church. Amen? And and, and and the impartation of the Holy Ghost, the impartation, that shunt that we get through the laying on of hands and people getting blessed on the altar, and that can happen right there in a revival meeting. And so a lot of that stuff I just quoted is really a synopsis of what can happen in a revival meeting. Some of that stuff is determined by, guess what, not the Pentecostal church, just by some spirit-filled men of God. One of the best books I'm reading now on the Holy Spirit is by a Presbyterian minister that used to look after the senators in Washington. And he tells a story when he sat down at his devotion, with morning devotion with these senators, and and he said, I believe there's someone here that needs to be blessed of God. They need a fresh acquaintance with the Holy Spirit. And this guy said, well, it ain't me, he said under his breath. But somehow he lifted his hand, found himself in the middle of this gathering, sitting down on a chair, and they prayed for him. And, the, and they say this, that a week, two weeks later, he's on a skiing uh, holiday. And all of a sudden... The trees become living. There's a scripture that talks about the balsam trees moving and the Holy Spirit being in the trees. And he says he could feel nature. God was speaking to him. He stopped in his holiday mode. He stopped on his skis. The Lord was speaking to him. And all of a sudden, he was enveloped by the presence and the power of God. All of a sudden, rushing to him with the fruits of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, he felt all of a sudden totally, totally inebriated by God, totally consumed by God. He just stood there in the cold for five, ten minutes thinking, my God, whatever that prayer did, it's doing it right now. And he came back to the office and and he says that from that moment, of realizing that he had received a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost, that he was now all of God's, that, that his life, that his, that his work as a senator, he had surrendered his whole life. And of course, in that is a great testimony Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Back it up, verse 14. Do not neglect your gift. I, I'm not sure if it's Romans 1, verse 14. It mightn't be. Do not neglect your gift. And I want to say to you, yes, there's gifts, but what about the gift of the Holy Spirit? The gift of the Holy Spirit that we all received when we got saved is something that should not be neglected in our, in our life. It, it's there. It's absolutely theologically correct to say that when you gave your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. Now it's a, it's up to you how much you allow the Holy Spirit to feel at home, how much how much privilege you give him to rearrange your life, how much privilege you give him to consolidate God's plans to your life? How much privilege do you allow the Holy Spirit to to allow you to commune with God? When you receive the Holy Spirit, it was like new software that you received. You can use it or you don't have to. To get the full deal of the Christian life, you need to realize this. You need to realize that the Holy Spirit is resident within you and now you need to re- work how to how to bolster it, how to allow it to to find its way into your life in, in a much bigger way. This week, I sat down uh, after a long time of seeing this thing in my lounge room. I think it's called. Uh, help me, Alec. Is it PlayStation Two? A- and so I didn't. I wanted to have some time out. Um, I didn't want to watch the TV. I'd already prayed a bunch. I didn't want to go walking. Then I saw these gadgets that had been around my TV set for a couple of months now, six months. And I said to Gemma, help me, help me switch this thing on. Is there, is there a, is there a racing car program? He said, yeah, I can hook you up. And Gemma hook me on. And, and so I began my journey of just, Seeing this car start up and uh, taking off, and then perpetually crashing every, <laughs> crashing every tenth, and and, and, uh, and you know what it really affects your pride. You know, especially when you know you got a guy like Garth Ball who's visiting our house at the moment. He walks in, and you just crash, bang, bang. Garth, can you just leave the room for a minute? And, uh, I just sort this thing out, man. The these controls, they're so sensitive. And so I just stayed with it. I just stayed with it and I just tried and eventually I did get around the track coming last every time and I tried and I tried and I tried and I came forth, I came forth, I came forth. But each time I'm trying to get a handle on what this software is about and what this program is about. And I think that can be sometimes like the Holy Spirit that when sometimes we realize, yeah, the pastor's saying the Holy Spirit is inside me. And, and, and you just never are able to control, but never able to utilize it to the, uh, to the, to the gratification of your life, but also to your friends' lives. And so I want to talk about that, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now quickly. Let's have a look of what the free gift does of the Holy Spirit. And it says this. Grab these scriptures down if you like. God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5. 5. We have received the testimony of the Holy Spirit, it says in Romans 8.16. We receive the mind of Christ. That's another implication. When you receive the Holy Spirit, now you should have a propensity to think God's style, in God's ways. That's That's the implication of receiving the Holy Spirit. Our bodies have become temples of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Once you realize that you've got the Holy Spirit, for us, Julie and I, we alluded to holiness because we realized we had the Holy Spirit within us. And so we gave up a bunch of stuff. I said a couple of weeks ago, Julie and I, we don't drink because I believe we should be filled of the Spirit, not the Spirit of the world. And I believe it's too dangerous. And I'll say it again. If you allude to drink and if you do drink, be careful because you might have dispositions in your generations of addiction, of drunkenness, and it's just, you're running the gauntlet. Let me tell you. You're just running the gauntlet with drink. These days. The drink is, you know what it's doing in Sydney? There was three, four people glassed in nightclubs in Sydney last week. And, and the authorities... And even, even the, the people manufacturing the stuff are added, they're dismayed of their, of their precious drink being scandalized by, by these injuries. Drinking for me is dangerous. And so for me, I didn't want it in my body, and we made a decision not to do that. The gifts of the Holy Spirit have been made available to us. 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12, verse 4. That's another implication because you've got gifts available to you. Not only the fruits of the Spirit, but you have got the gifts of the Spirit. And some people just want the gifts, but not the fruit. Some people want the fruit, not the gifts. But there is a radical middle that you can receive the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? You can receive the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, but you can receive the gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy, faith, laying on of hands, discernment, Another point, we have the Holy Spirit as the seal of His ownership in our hearts. And that's the deposit of the Holy Spirit that you received. In 2 Corinthians 1.22, we have been renewed by the Holy Spirit, it says, Titus 3.5. Once you realize that you have the Holy Spirit, it's very much like that. It's very much realizing this, that you have supernatural software, that you've got to work out how to use it, how to flow with it how to optimize your life in it. Otherwise, it's just going to be on your computer. Who's got software on their computer that the kids know how to run, but you don't? But you've got PowerPoint, you've got this, you've got that, but you just don't even know what it's about. The Holy Ghost can be just like that. It can be software, but folks, guess what? God will teach you. God will teach you how to utilize the Holy Spirit in your life. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand. Every person should realize the reality and the power of PlayStation, I mean uh, the, the Holy Spirit, and uh, sorry about that, the life and power of Jesus Christ, and, and the Holy Spirit is Jesus in you, manifested. He wants to manifest himself more so in his nature, in his gifts, in his ability to reach out to a world. Sometimes you've got to overhaul your personality and deal with your personality. We can call that inner healing. Amen. Some of it needs deliverance. We need to cancel some stuff right out. You know, we need to see it gone. But some of it's just inner healing where we need to get rid of some of that stuff that contaminates your life of being a true vessel of God, a true person of God, a a true representation of Jesus in your life. And the Holy Spirit can do that in a revival meeting. Revival and renewal meetings are absolutely important. I believe it. Ephesians 3.14, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. In your inner being, he wants to strengthen you with power. So I've got the Holy Spirit here, but he actually wants to cause it to be fanned into flame and to come alive in you and cause you to come alive in ways that you know not. Because God wants to allow your life to be realized in a whole different dimension of reality than what you, in your safeness, in your sensibility of life, would allow for. I can't minister. I can't witness to that person. I can't lay hands on it. I can't reach out to that person. I can't give some money to that person. I can't serve in the church like this. No, not in your natural self, but when you get the software of the Holy Ghost happening you will be able to give yourself to the Lord God Almighty. Where are we up to? 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. Say power. Together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with, to the measure of the fullness of God. Four reasons why you need the Holy Spirit. First one is to be born again. You know that. Uh, John 6-5. Just turn there quickly. John 16, and, you, and it nails it in this scripture. John chapter 16, verse 5 says this. Let's read from there. 16, verse 5. John 16, Gospel of Let's read from seven. Say, so. but I tell you this. I tell you this. The truth, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you. But if I go, the Counselor is the Holy Spirit. I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness. This is how you got saved. It was the Holy Spirit that convicted you of guilt and regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because then men do not believe in you. Verse 10, in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father and when you can see me no longer and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I'll read on. I have much more to say to you. And I believe He's saying the much more now through a lot of great ministry and the books that we can get now from the bookshops and God is speaking to us volumes of revelation. I have come much more to you. I, I have much more to say to you more than you can take now. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth and He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears and He will tell you what is yet to come. I believe He's speaking right now. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to you and I. He will bring glory to me by taking from me what is mine and making it known to you. Verse 18, all that, I, all that belongs to me, to the Father, is mine. That, that is why I send the Spirit and it will tell you, and it goes on. I'm having trouble reading in this line. The other thing is that you need the Holy Ghost to live, power to live in your daily life. You need the Holy Ghost. We talked about power three. To overcome in life. You need the Holy Spirit to overcome. You're in a war. You've been saved from darkness, but now you're in a war where there's a tension around your life, where there's a resistance around your life, where I believe to move your life forward in the, in the plans of the purposes and the destiny of God, you will need to learn a level of spiritual warfare through your prayer, through the Word of God, and through, through being optimized in the Holy Ghost. You will need to access that software in Jesus' name, that you have already in your spirit. Amen? This whole deal about the Holy Spirit in you has incredible connotations. You need the Holy Spirit to live. You need the Holy Spirit to overcome. The fourth one is this. You need the Holy Spirit to witness. God wants you to be empowered to be a witness through word, your attitude, and life. Do you know you can be a a witness in your attitude in your deed, in your life. Just you, not even saying anything, can be a witness. Do you know the word witness means martyr? Martyr means laying your life down on the line. Martyr for us means being killed for for a cause. But witness actually means martyr. I want to tease this out. Here's a story. A lady said she had been in a dry spell. and This will finish me up. A lady said she had been in a dry spell spiritually. She was anxiously seeking the power of the Holy Spirit, yet she felt no flow of new life or enthusiasm. She was asked to make a list of 10 people who needed love. Each person needed wisdom, knowledge, and faith, which she could not engender to them. But when she became involved in some specific costly ways of caring for these people, then the Holy Spirit empowered her. She realized that she was saying things to these people beyond her human intelligence and communicating hope beyond her experience. Does this ring a bell with anyone? She realized that she was saying things to these people beyond her human intelligence and communicating hope beyond her experience even. When she became stretched by the actual demands of loving, she received a profound experience of the Holy Spirit gift of love. She knew it, as did the people that she cared for. Her her martyrdom, her martyrdom did not cost her her life, but it did cost her her time her energy and her privacy, her reward was an intensive, intimate experience of the spirit of God. The same can be true for us, who are the people on who are the people on your list. And so basically you're saying, "No care, no spirit. but when you desire to reach out in care when you desire to reach out in your servitude towards the church, in your ministry through the church, in your ministry out there in the marketplace, when you desire to reach... See, love is the bottom line. Love is the bottom line. And you can only love people and the church with the love of God that He shed abroad your heart. But how is your love optimized? It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. For me, to wrap it up, the Holy Spirit is this massive implication in your life. If you want to know from me what I believe the Holy Spirit, what the implication is, is this. That all the days of your life, you will have this area of your life that can only be fulfilled in communing with God, responding with God, speaking to God, knowing God being informed by God, being encouraged by God being equipped by God being anointed by God this holy spirit this software that you got must be addressed it will be like me with the playstation one day you will say well let's give it a shot it's a little bit cumbersome at first it's a little bit out of the box at first because it's so strange the holy spirit is so strange in many dimensions of our normal life. But when you choose to befriend the Holy Spirit around your life and begin to meet back in your life and begin to impart, and when you you begin to realize there's a witness in your spirit towards God through the Holy Spirit, And when you realize the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to you, revealing the Word, revealing His plan, His his knowledge, His understanding, not just for you, but for other people. When you realize the Holy Spirit is helping you, when you realize the Holy Spirit is actioning God's plans through you, when you realize the Holy Spirit is trying to motivate you, encourage you, it's a precious thing to have the Holy Spirit as your best friend Jesus said I'm not going to call you just, just servants, I want to call you friends the Holy Spirit wants to be your friend you've got to cultivate it you've got to get used to you and the Holy Spirit rather than you and someone else we have this propensity in our human nature to want God with skin on but one day You've got to straddle the fence and come into this dimension of life where you say, Holy Spirit, you are with me. I love it because I love walking in through the bush in the dark. I love going out late, walking out, and then just walking back because then all the stuff, all the stuff that you view... It's not, But it's seemingly in the dark, I don't know what it is, but I don't mind the dark because it's then when you can feel the Holy Spirit. You can see the Holy Spirit. You can, you can feel the love. You can feel the comfort around you. The Holy Spirit is in you. It's a gift. Don't neglect the gift of the Holy Spirit within you. And then you realize the Holy Spirit is a person. He wants to speak to you, he wants to love you. He wants to, he wants to share stuff with you that would blow your mind. Let's all stand, God bless you. Father, we need, we need. Father God, we need a fresh new understanding of the Holy Spirit in our life. just, Just this prayer, if you want to say it, you can. Father God, forgive me of grieving the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me again. Share with me God's great love. Holy Spirit, invigorate my soul. Invigorate my life. Holy Spirit, help me live for Jesus, live for God, live for the kingdom. Holy Spirit, anoint me, revive me, refresh me, bless me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Communication is at the heart of all relationships. How could there be a deep personal relationship with God if there is no communication? Once you've received Christ, the Holy Spirit allows you to be informed, encouraged, enlightened, enjoyed, empowered for living by developing a trust and personal relationship with the Holy Spirit allows you to be taught, led, blessed, loved like no other. Some would receive salvation and never allude to the Spirit of God within them. That's sad because our kids, our youth, all of our families need the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, the Spirit... Gives us the most fantastic opportunity to be acquainted with God. And the Lord dropped into my spirit yesterday this that our children, that our youth need to be acquainted with the Holy Spirit. Doctrine is good, good discipline. Looking good in God, but at the end of the day, our kids need a dramatic shift of a personal touch of God through the Holy Spirit in their life, and they will walk after God if that's the case. They will know God, they will aspire to God, they will live for God. So, Holy Spirit, right now, we ask you to befriend our children, to befriend our youth. To befriend our children, our kids, our families, our wives, our husbands. Holy Spirit, befriend us again. Draw us close to Jesus. Draw us close to you, Lord. My God, my God, forgive me of forsaking your spirit within me. you're in the house this morning and you just want to say yes to the Holy Spirit I'm not going to ask you to to come out the front but I'm just going to ask for a show of hands if you want to know the Holy Spirit is your friend if you want to know the personable powerful revelatory person of the Holy Spirit why don't you just lift your hands right now And say, Jesus, I need the gift. I need your gift of the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit be reintroduced to me again. Everyone should have their hands up. Unless you know the, the, unless you, maybe Benny Hinn, you know the Holy Spirit so personably. So let's lift our hands right now and say, Father, may your Holy Spirit become my friend. Speak to me. Anoint me and bless me. For today, today, I need your presence. I need your power. I need the revelation of the Father who loves me. Amen.